Welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and this is the other thing I do. My guest this week is Jean Grey, a polymath who's equally at home writing, performing, and producing hip-hop as she is working as an actor, director, and occasional internet bailiff for Judge John Hodgman over at Maximum Fun. Her latest album, released in late August, is called Seven... When I caught up with her in Manhattan earlier this month, she'd just come from a panel at New York Comic Con called Music by Nerds with Jonathan Colton, Quelly Chris, and Paul and Storm. Jean chose Fight Club, David Fincher's revolutionary 1999 adaptation of Chuck Palahniuk's cult novel about an office drone who experiences a major life adjustment when he makes the acquaintance of the charismatic Tyler Durden and they embark on an aggressive new form of cultural deconstruction. Featuring Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, and Helena Bonham Carter as no one had ever seen them before, Fight Club was one of the most important movies of its moment, although no one realized it at the time. Kind of snuck up on us. And now that other things have snuck up on America, there's a new moment, and it's just as relevant. We'll get into it. This is someone else's movie. Fight Club, you know, I I read the book, and um, when I saw the movie, I was still in the period of my life where I was smoking a lot of weed. Okay. Um, which I have definitely stopped doing, and I don't. I don't actually know. Like I've tried to smoke weed since then, and it's just it's horrible. It's horrible every time. I'm like a really bad paranoid. Um, I just immediately start thinking. Like two seconds into weed, I'm like, oh no, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be here for hours. I realize this is not my drug of choice. Um, when, when did it change? Uh. Was there an incident? Was there any kind of no, not like a not like not an incident or anything. Just um, I hosted the cannabis cup, um, like right when I was like, oh, I'm not smoking weed anymore, which is a really weird decision to make because you can't. There's just no way. There's no way. Yeah. They're like pumping it out of fucking vaporizers. Yeah, you're stage. not osmosis it if nothing else. It's ridi- yeah, it's course. ridiculous. Um, I and some part of my my uh, adulting kicked in and I was like I I have to pick my vices and I don't think I'm I, I can get as much work done like I, I've smoked all the weed there is to in the world as the judge and host of the cannabis cup right. um, so now I'm good so you peaked yeah that's it you, 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 you that's it you're not gonna do anything else after that um, but I was really really high the first time I saw it and uh, so, like, you know, the entire opening sequence, and it's taking you to, I was like, oh, man, what is that? <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? So I was in it. That guy was inside of it. Um, and I thought it was immediately the most brilliant thing I'd ever seen. And I was like, I, you know, as a fan of um, ultraviolence, it did it in a different way. Um, since then, I realized that a lot of my life is very Fight Club on purpose. Okay. Um, yeah, I blew up my own apartment. No. Um, 
We call uh, that artistic gift. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I uh, included a lot. Included a lot of uh, Tyler Durden references and and things into rap lyrics and um, definitely over the past decade. Like it, and I was like, well, people really don't notice that I talk about Fight Club a lot. And then that was kind of sad because I was like, oh that does the whole female rap thing that you're so much more interested in calling me that that you miss all of the things I'm talking about right um and I I tend to talk to people a lot when I see them in places and I I started doing a thing and I didn't realize I was doing it until I said to myself a year later like I'm Tyler Durdening oh okay I did not mean to do this just, just um, assuming another. No, I, you know, there's, there's, uh, the scene where he takes uh, the dude outside, and he's, and you think he's gonna kill him, and he takes his, uh, his ID. And he's right. like, "What did you want to be? You wanted to be a veterinarian. So if you're not on your way to becoming a veterinarian in a year, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna kill you." Um, I've only threatened one person with murder, but. It became a thing wherever I would go, wherever I was on the road, if it was a restaurant or a hotel or just after the show, mm-hmm. and talking to people and being like, "What? What do you? What do you? What do you? What do you do? But what do you really do? And why aren't you doing that shit?" So I'm gonna take your information, and I'm gonna keep up with you, and I'm basically might threaten violence or not um but you have to start doing that thing and how has it paid off i mean it has um i have i just said earlier to jonathan i was like you know uh so far i've got a a comedian and a baker which is awesome we've been like i'm getting quit and, and do this um and then i you know i like the idea of starting a cult yeah yeah i think that's great which I'm also doing starting on Sunday, so so yeah, I'm, I might be I might be taking it too far. Okay, well, for hmm. our listeners in in the future, because uh, yeah. this will clearly be part of some historical record yes. by the time it's released. What cult are you starting on Sunday? Okay, it's not okay. It's not a uh, okay. Let's 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 not call it a cult, you guys. Um, for a long time, I've I've wanted to. Uh, kind of start services um oh, that's right you had yourself ordained mm-hmm. i did um i actually had ordained myself a while ago um and then had to do it again uh because new york laws require uh only recognize certain churches certain oh, yeah. online churches and then you have to go get your wedding efficient thing so i had to get that done um so yeah as a repeated ordained minister um i've I think it's important to let creative people or uh, people who don't necessarily want it to be about religion or anything else just have a place to be like, you need to remember that you're super fucking powerful and that you have to do all of these things. So um, that's starting. So it's... Let's call it an incubator instead of an um, And then I was like, and then I, you know, I was I was putting together sermons and picking songs. I'm like, all right, I'm definitely giving people homework. I'm like, oh, here we go with the Project Mayhem. Yeah, now that you mention it. Yeah. But, of course, the beauty of it is you get to be fully aware of what you're doing, so yes. there's a little distance. 
Um, yeah, I think I the idea of there's so many things in 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 in, in the grand scheme of Fight Club, but um, I think the idea of you know that he had to be so disconnected from himself in order to do those things. Um, which is something that I talk about a lot and saying you have to be all of you all the time. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting to watch, you know, how far people will go to not be all of themselves, even if it's, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it's destructive. I don't feel like, you know, it was an interesting way to go about it, but sometimes you have to take measures. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that the film, yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to remember who said it because it should have been me, but I didn't. Art- I couldn't articulate it. Someone else came up with it first. It's a major studio film mm-hmm. with um, a, a then A-list director, still mm-hmm. an a, like a, more now an A-plus lister because Fincher's only just evolved further. Mm-hmm. Uh, making a movie that says, you know, like it's a giant corporation making a movie that says don't trust giant corporations, yeah. but there are safeties built into it that are really interesting like the way we're told explicitly that the buildings they're blowing up are empty right and you know it's not that kind of thing and you really are only supposed to feel the the one beating when when um when the narrator when jack goes after uh jared leto right angel face and uh and reduces him to a pulp all the other violence is pretty positive other characters are frightened by it and the people with guns pointed at their faces are frightened but right. then they're ultimately we're supposed to believe they're going to better themselves in the end to better themselves <laughs> except that um yeah and then you you know you break up well uh, uh that and uh, uh and lou that was not that's that true. that went badly yeah but you know well, again name, that was his name was Robert his, Paulson <laughs> his name was Robert <laughs> his name was Robert Paulson <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't no, no, it's fine. <laughs> it was right. Yeah, um, because that's someone who believes it too much, and and the 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 fascinating thing about the construction of the movie to me is that it you know we're gonna go right into spoiler territory. Don't feel don't feel like uh, adult you know that. what if, if can you spoil? Finally? I did with someone on on uh, on Twitter, and someone made some comment about it was an Empire Strikes Back, and someone was like, I haven't watched, and they were like, if you don't get the entire fuck out of here, yeah, with your, you haven't seen yeah, the Empire Strikes Back, it's been 36 Back, years. No spoilers. Please if, shut up. Even if you're not that old, you have an excuse. <laughs> and the, the other thing, though, and I couldn't believe this when they did it, there's a generation now that's going to watch Empire, because to not know that, I guess you'd have to not have seen the first four movies, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's the, one of the Lucas revisions was that he actually spoils it himself mm-hmm. because in that new scene between Vader and the Emperor, which they well the old scene that they reshot with Ian McDiarmid, they explicitly say the son of Skywalker. Well, you know, he is your kid, Vader. Well, yes, all right, fine. Like they're actually talking about people, it before like, their yeah, evolution. We're gonna we're just gonna do it, and it's fine because mm-hmm. it should be fine. It should be okay to do that. Um, yeah, well, now, yeah, I mean. But clearly, some yeah. people don't. So yes, spoiler alert. People need bubbles. People live in bubbles. Spoiler alert. Spoiler for alert. Fight Club. Fight Club. Um, it is. Or Mr. Robot, as they're calling it yeah, now. No kid, I didn't even watch the show because I knew what it was. The second I saw I, the pitch. I didn't, and um, I saw everybody else get into it, mm-hmm. and I got like the first episode. I was like. And then um, by the seventh episode, mm-hmm. I was yelling. 
and being like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you just, are you really just doing this? And then they did, where is my mind? And I was like, fuck this shit. Did they really? They motherfucker. I was like, are you? That shit. And then I, I had to Google it and I was like, okay, okay. I, either this is done like with complete consent and everybody knows what they're doing. And he's like, yeah, no, I know what you're doing. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's totally Fight Club. And I was like, okay, so everyone's okay with that? Because I'm not okay with but that, that. Yeah, I mean, you can be... Just make your own thing. Yeah, or you can be derivative the way Tarantino is and, you know, at least put it together That's in a way that functions. like that, yeah, but no. Yeah, no, I saw the pitch for Mr. Robot, and I think maybe I watched a two-minute, like a trailer, pilot trailer thing. And you're like, oh, I try, Club. I try to avoid those things. It's like, oh, okay, he's not real. And... And I and Kate, my wife, hadn't seen it. She hadn't seen the trailer. She's like, "Oh, I want to watch Mr. Robot. Should we watch it?" And then the Blu-rays came in, and I was like, "Here, I'm not. We never watch it." It's like, yeah, I don't. I don't think I need to. I think I. No, got I'm good. It. I think I'm good because I've seen Fight Club. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I can tell you how this goes. Yeah, and what's really interesting about that, though, like Fight Club, obviously didn't define the the unreliable no. narrator and the twist. But there was another movie two months before Fight Club that I saw at the Toronto Film Festival that really? year called Fever. Directed by Alex Winter, who's um, the Alex Winter of Bill and Ted, and who's gone on p- to be a director. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he just made a really, really interesting documentary about um, the dark web a couple of years ago, really? maybe even last year. Yeah, um, we talked about it at Hot Docs uh, last, yeah, a year and a half ago. Um, and his movie Fever has a character played by Henry Thomas, who's befriended by an English. Um, a yob, basically, like just a, a punkish, an older punkish guy mm-hmm. who exhorts him to do bad things, and it's all in his head. It's the same movie to the point where, I mean, Polaniak obviously wrote his book before either film was made, but it's jarring. And then yeah. I saw Fight Club, it's like, oh, this gets it right. This is exactly yeah. the way it like, Not that Fever is bad, but it's a low rent, low budget kind of movie, and they didn't have the scope available yeah. to them that, that Fincher and and, then, uh, and sometimes you need that yeah. you need that in order to to be able to do that right but now that it has been done in 1999 17 years ago people should stop and they, yeah no we're good yeah we're good yeah we have fight um, club now yeah I mean you know it would it would have been great to you know do a little nod to it and, and something and step away from it but sure. just to put up a poster kind of take the whole thing yeah I was very it was very upsetting I can um, imagine. It was very upsetting. I watched it on Amazon Prime. Okay. I then deleted Amazon Prime. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. Just out of spite. <laughs> fuck this shit. I don't want anything you have to offer. <laughs> Do you think this is okay? And I was like, oh, it's kind of on the other streaming services. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Show them. Yeah, I have to speak up for Amazon Prime because they do Red Oaks, which a friend of mine is on. So there's that. It's 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 good. I'll I'll put it back. Yeah, I'll, kids. I'll put you back, Amazon Prime. Think about Sorry. It. But as far as Fight Club being definitive, yeah, I mean, every other film that has followed and tried for that twist, and there are some that aren't bad that sort of yeah. play with it and, and acknowledge that it's an unoriginal concept now that it's right. being done to death, but there aren't many. And for the most part, it's just unnecessary. We have the movie. We have this execution of it that is pretty much the way to tell that story. Um, the thing I love about Fight Club is the, the film is the way that it kind of keeps telling the truth. I mean, on repeat yeah. viewings, you can really see that there are obviously yeah, and it's and and you know, I, I I love something that you know whether you're you're listening to it or um, or it's food and there's you know different notes, notes and it's, yeah. it, 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 it tastes different when you reheat it and you notice different things and there's um, 
it, it's, it took a long time to pick up on all these things and yeah. be like, I, I can even make this something else. And maybe it, it's not, but there's so many things open to interpretation. Um, yeah, there's just, there's wonderful, like it never stops giving yeah. stuff to you. And that, that makes something really beautiful for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the best kind of entertainment is the kind of entertainment that assumes you are at least as smart as it and, is. And, I, yeah, I think that was very important for me, especially um, at, I guess, that, that point in, like, adult life. And I was like, this is, I, not that I've given any fucks, um, but it's really um, making me understand that I, I can re- really not give any fucks. Like, this yeah. is, I'm fine with this. I would totally start a fight. In fact, we should start a fucking fight club. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it, it, it was dirty and grimy and slick in the best way. Yeah. And like, I, I, I understand how you can be. Um, you know, I was like, I, maybe I'll go live in an abandoned paper factory. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a bad idea. Yeah. You know, but, um, and also that time and, and, uh, in Brooklyn and, uh, living in Bushwick and East Williamsburg and everything is kind of this abandoned factory yeah. look. And you're like, I could actually see this happening. It's not not really a terrible idea. Yeah, you know, it's like that slow reclamation hasn't happened yet. No. The, the thing that, there's a documentary called Blank City about the Lower East Side, the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s, and how it spawned that wave of, yeah. of basically American culture. Like, not just music, but everything that came out of there. Because loft space was cheap, and people were coming to New York, and they were reinventing themselves. And Fight Club doesn't quite have the same, like, it's it's bristling with potential, but it's there's there's not that much joy like the 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 yeah. the glee the the glorification the, the, of the, the lifestyle the, is very different just even you know um the color of of it and and also for me um it was a time where i was touring a lot and it was that you're always on a plane you're always you keep going you keep going and immediately he was like you know and you don't know what city you're waking up in when i was like i absolutely understand that yeah. and I've definitely seen that fracture people and them not being able to deal with it mm-hmm. um, and yeah there were there were more things as I kept watching it and I was like I shouldn't be able to relate to this I don't know how <laughs> good that is that you know this is a relatable movie for me and mm. in a lot of instances um, and just kind of the 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 fuck off to the system and and the idea of of letting go you know even the scene in in the car with you know you you have to learn how to let go right and i don't drive so that wasn't going to be an option for me and i wouldn't go through that but i i think in a different way um it was a period of my life where i i did that and just learned how to just found a different way yeah, through. Just yeah, make it make your own. Build build something of your own. Um, and if you're you don't want to fit into the status quo and that's that's not happening for you, then go build your own shit. Mm-hmm. So when did you was it the theatrical release in ninety nine or did you catch up to it later? Yeah, yeah. 
that was, I mean, I was there as a critic. I was just sort of passively receiving all the stuff that was happening. But that that third quarter of 1999, when, or the, you know, the last third, Fight Club, Magnolia, yeah, being John Malkovich, there was a, Three Kings. Yeah, there was a lot of shit. You John Malkovich, yeah, it was probably another one, but it, just, it was it, it was it was again um, a confirmation of of being like none of it's like it's all of these things that you're not supposed to do, or that doesn't make any sense, or yeah. why would that happen? And I'm like, yeah, but those are the those are the things that are the most beautiful. Yeah, you know, it just was, because it hasn't been done, and now you're gonna see a bunch of fucking knockoffs. Yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that. it's so yeah, it's so depressing to watch something, and it it only lasted for six months. That wave of creativity mm-hmm. where it just felt like everything could happen at once, and then it just sort of fizzled out again. Although you know, like the directors kept working and they kept making stuff, but that that sense that really cinematically America was waking up and anything was possible yeah. right in that window. Um, and you know, it 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 kept going. It kept going for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, yeah, that particular time period was, you know, I was just about to start working on my first solo album. Um, I, I had gotten my, I'd moved out of like all the roommates house and I'd had a breakup and I was like, okay, I gotta go find my own apartment. And I couldn't get an apartment anywhere. Um, because as a, as an artist, it's very difficult to, you know, the, I don't have any pay stubs. Yeah, I don't have any credit. I'm like, I get paid yeah. in cash. So I moved back into the Chelsea Hotel and um, got a studio. And yeah, no one in 2000, should have been paying $2,700 for a studio. And like, I, I was making okay money, but I was like, ah. Oh. This is the only place I can live. Yeah, you're I don't have history. to explain anything. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was definitely a time of me coming. It was like it was my coming of age movie. Yeah. Um, terrible coming. No, of I, age. I think it's great. <laughs> it's I think, insane. I mean, yes, but we all take inspiration from the yeah. stuff that we need it from, right? Yeah. Like if it speaks to you, it speaks to you. And, yeah, absolutely. And this profoundly white film. You know, like just with with it's all about upper middle class stuff, right? Speaking to other like other levels, other people, other everything's. Is, I just find it fascinating how many people have it was, embraced it. Yeah, it was you know, and uh, a lot of it was watching him walk um, in a world that was unaware of mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. walking, and to me, that was a very normal feeling um, in everyday life. Um, in my line of business yeah and you know it, it was being like yeah I, I really I really don't give a fuck I, I don't give a fuck so hard you have yeah. no idea how hard I will kill all of you right now and you don't even see me so it it doesn't matter yeah I can do whatever I want you can't I mean I can't imagine how I mean, it's it sounds like a cliche just just saying it, but how hard you have to work to register, in even in yeah. hip hop, in anything, um, in in any art form, and and this like putting aside everything else, it's just 
everybody trying to get noticed and everybody trying to get seen. And so much of this is mediocrity that gets seen because it's got the right look. Or the it's, right yeah, it's got the right look. It's got the right package. It's got the machine behind it. Yeah, which is um, again Fight Club. Yeah, right? and 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 again, it was something you know of of stepping outside of that and saying I'm I'm going to build my own machine to break your machine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And then if you go to something like The Matrix, and it's like climbing inside the machine to break the machine. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it was a lot. That was a, a good lo- year. A lot happened inside of me. And I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah. shit, we can do this. Yeah. And in the, I mean, The Matrix actually gives the, the story an out because there is a malevolent force. Like, mm-hmm. there's a consciousness that's running everything and, and subjugating people. Fight Club is more disturbing I think because there is. really is no villain like there's there, no the, yeah there's there's no villain except for um the others and the mm-hmm. others is just it, it's it is a very you know matrix sort of thing because you it's like watching you know people wake up yeah one by one yeah it's an origin um, story yeah. in that way of coming to the truth yeah and you're not really you don't really spend a lot of time with the rest of the world. Like, they, it's just backdrop. Like, maybe it's people at work other than, you know, his boss. You don't really get get to see them or touch them because yeah. they, they don't exist because he didn't exist to them. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and it, I, under, I understood it very, very much. Yeah, there's a... Um, Cronenberg does this. Uh, I noticed it... I think I noticed it with... Maybe it was Dead Ringers or Naked Lunch. It was mm. probably Naked Lunch. In most horror films, in most science fiction films, when someone is descending into this, there's a best friend, there's an onlooker, there's yeah. a, there's a, a representative of normal who can say, oh, "There's yeah, some, there's some balance. Be, you, yeah. you shouldn't do this. Maybe don't get in the pod with the fly. Right. Clean it out. To, you know, <laughs> just 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 freeze it once yeah. and see just what happens. Maybe, maybe from a for just yeah. from a distance. So you have Gina Davis, and you also right. have John. Um, uh, Stathis Borns, John Getz, the actor, mm-hmm. uh, who's also who's the most rational, saying "Don't go back to him." And then in Dead Ringers, it gets a little further removed. Jean-Vivien Bougeau is in there to to say maybe don't. And then she leaves, and we're stuck with them in this hermetic seal. And then in Naked Lunch, the whole thing is yeah. a bug powder hallucination, and we're stuck in it. And since then, he really hasn't bothered. Uh, and Butterfly doesn't have it. Crash. There's absolutely no one in that movie who isn't speaking that language. And he just continues to do it, and I find it absolutely fascinating that you're completely yeah. rootless. And here, the narrator, sort of, because he thinks he's the straight one... Tries to be that to himself. Exactly. Which is even another level. So you're like, there's really there's really three. There's really three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and again, a very relatable thing. I was like, I don't have anyone telling me, like... I I mean I've I've had people be like ah uh, you can't do that, and then stepping further back from that I was like I'm I'm in a place right now where no one's telling me like that's maybe not yeah or it's people that I've been involved with so far that if I'm saying let's do something um, they just show up and nobody asks any questions and we do it I'm like that's you know. Either a great leader or I'm extremely evil. I haven't figured it out. I don't know if it matters if they trust and support you. I don't know if it matters that if if they're frightened of you, if it's an intimidation thing. I think, yeah, that that is a word that I've heard a lot 
in my life. Intimidation. Um, uh, people being uh, intimidated. Um, because and I you never, can tell them what you want? I never understood it. Um, I heard it a lot in the rap world, very much um, in the dating world a mm-hmm. lot. Um, and then I, I think it comes also from the rap world. There are, you know, people who would never ask me to be on a song with them um, because they don't want to get beat by a girl and the level of intimidation and then what that done that then does to their ego or their reputation and you know these are literally dudes who have been like no I'm not doing that I'm not doing that or I'm not going after you um and I never understood it I'm like either just get better or you know just I don't know what it is about me that feels intimidating to you what what is what's the issue is it just confidence i mean is it their lack of it or your um i think i think it's rare to encounter you know i'd as much as i related to narrator on many things i more so related to tyler Mm -hmm. and then i was like okay i okay what is that what is that really saying about me well, um, Tyler's the seductive one. Tyler's the one we all want. Like, that's what movies do, right? It's Brad yeah. Pitt in an awesome jacket. You kind of want to see what he's going to do next. Yeah. And and, I, and I'm like, I'm I'm fine with being that person. And I'm, I'm fine with being like, yeah, I'm fine with being... If you have to, like, blame Gene, um, which was definitely a thing in my personal life. Okay. And it was... He'd be like, you know, or, or like, well, like, Gene's doing that. And I'm like, yeah, don't do that. I'm doing that. You can't do the same thing. It's not the same thing. Um, so I related very much to the, uh, I, I don't care. Not that I don't know that there are consequences and repercussions. I, I know how this goes. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the world blowing up as long as I'm in charge of it okay so you wouldn't want to follow Tyler I mean if someone presented that sort of thing to you no it doesn't appeal no I I would never follow anyone cool no that doesn't that doesn't work out for me it would go badly for Tyler yeah I think it's it would, it would be a movie with two Tyler Durdens, and then maybe that's that's more interesting. I mean if you're going to that's something we haven't seen in any of the knockoffs if you're going to do it you should Overcomplicate, come up with a new angle, and that would be a cool like, one. Go for that. Yeah, I would watch the shit would watch out of that. that. <laughs> um, and I've noticed at this point, I just realized we haven't mentioned Marla at all. We haven't mentioned a, Marla, who is kind of an active participant and kind of not in a really interesting way. Yeah, but I couldn't. Uh, when I read the book, I couldn't figure out if Planiac wanted us to believe she existed. It, it was it was tough. I think it's more. It was tough. I think I think she was the most complicated character. Like even if you got it fucking figured out mm. halfway through the thing, you're like, yeah, but I I, I still don't know yeah. what's going on. What purpose does she serve? Yeah. With this Marla situation. Because mm. narratively, she might not be there. Yeah. But I think what's weird is that I think Bonham Carter is so good at 
personifying that Absolutely. energy that there's no question she's real. Yeah. Also because other people see and talk to her. But, yes, that, you know, that helps. That's, that's, but, but in the book, that could be a feint, right? Like yeah. that could be just another trick Absolutely. because um, I don't know if you've read Girl on the Train. I have it. The problem with the film adaptation is the conceit of the novel depends on you reading it and picturing it in your head. And as soon as you see it in yeah. the film, like within two minutes, it's like, oh, that's this. You know. This thing is happening, and it's a—it's not even a major spoiler, but it's sort of the first chunk of the film, that, the first chunk of the narrative that says, "What?" and reevaluate yeah. that. And as soon as you, like, within two minutes of the movie, you know what this is because either the filmmakers are really bad at figuring out a way to change that and to, to yeah, find out, I'm, to find I'm, out I'm assuming analog, I'm assuming that's what it is, and, yeah. and or or they didn't care. Which or, still, they, you know. or they fucking didn't care, which is worse. Mm-hmm. Um, it is this yeah. There's 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 always a way to do that, but if you're just not going to spend time and you're like, ah, everybody's fucking stupid, it doesn't matter anyway. And and again, um, you know, Fight Club didn't do that. Yeah. Um, and it 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 let you it let you have to let go watching them let go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and. Uh, all of Marla's, you know, her her in and out interactions always made it so amazing. You know, she's she's breezing into the uh, the store to the to the laundromat to the laundromat. Yeah. It just happens so fast, and then she goes in and she sells the clothes, sells the clothes, and then she comes out of the um, into the kitchen. And her always breezing in and breezing out and delivering her lines that kind of float and hang in the air. Yeah. Again, gave you that kind of like I don't. Is this a? Is this happening? Yeah, what is going on? Is it on? happening? Yeah. It, it gives. Who am I supposed to believe? Because yeah. I don't feel like I'm. Like any of this is really solid. Yeah, on repeat viewings, I think she's the one who becomes the easily there, funniest and most interesting yeah. character, just because you your brain is trying to fit her into what you now know, and every time there's another piece of it that's just like, wait, but she's doing this thing that. Neither of them, neither Tyler nor the narrator is really connected to, but that means she exists. That in means my she mind. exists she because she has her own life. She's totally doing something separate. And, you know, if in your world Marla Singer is the rational person, it's fucked up. This is what I'm saying it's about fucked the, up. the onlooker role. Yeah. Yeah. She's, the, she's not anybody's anchor. No. Um, she she's was, not. A, she can't I'm be her ex- own anchor. In the sense that an anchor drags you down. <laughs> yeah. Yes, maybe. She's more like a cement block. She's an anvil. Yes. <laughs> she's, she's the anvil. Speaking of and like you know the the, Looney, the whole Looney Tunes connections to anvils. Mm-hmm. Do you have you you must have heard the Calvin and Hobbes theory. No. Oh, this is the. Oh wait, wait, no, 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 no. Say have. it again because I think I have. Yeah. Well, it's that Calvin is Jack is the narrator and Hobbes is Tyler and. My, and Marla, by extension, is there for Susie Durkins, but it actually works. It works so it works. well because, of course, Calvin is the only person who can see Hobbes. Yeah. And Hobbes is the. Actually, it kind of falls apart when you realize that Hobbes is the rational one, the calm one. The tiger is the one who likes to go crazy and jump on things, but he also doesn't want to explode things and do all the destructive stuff that Calvin wants to do. But someone wrote back in the GeoCities days, someone wrote an incredible thousands of words uh, essay about this, exploring it and coming up with reasons. And now it would be like an Alex Jones fever dream where it's like, no, if you look at these signs, it's very clear that yeah. Hobbes is the personification yeah. <laughs> that Tyler Durden is. Like, he's wearing fur and like, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> You're like, you get it. It's the thing. But it's you know, so passionate. And 
so we can we can throw this i i my my other movie would have been which if you feel like you want to go with that theory for the fucking fun of it it's also great is uh ferris bueller's day off where you you know it's which is also about the liberating force of chaos yes um and uh ferris and cameron Mm -hmm. and then yeah yeah that, that you know that 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 theory makes me very happy um i've probably those are the two movies that i probably watched the most and i'm like starting to see a pattern here gene um do you need to fracture a part of yourself off uh or maybe this is your in order to do it i I think i yeah i i think i've my idea with things is that i've always been comfortable being tyler i've always been comfortable being ferris um not that I don't have uh, cares or concerns, but it's just always been okay to do that without putting the blame somewhere else mm-hmm. or splitting it up. Um, but it's fun to watch the other way. Right. What I'm getting, though, when you say that is that you don't fear the fracturing because... You're, it doesn't sound like you lose yourself when you do this. It's yeah. like you're enabling your best parts. Yeah, and, you know, again, and, and, and something especially with performers, you know, uh, the person that you see on stage is supposed to be, you know, that's that's your, your seductive. It's, you know, they look the way you want to look. They fuck the way you want to fuck. They, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then making that separate from your life. And I was always like, that. There's no there's no separation for me. The person I am on stage is the person I am off stage, because um, I feel like that would probably make someone crazy. Like I don't, I I don't have I don't want to have the ability to jump into another character to be someone else, um, to be loved and adored that way. Mm. Like, and you don't see it the other way. You don't have the armor thing where being on stage as a different version of yourself. I, I was. Mm-hmm. On a, I was doing a conversation at Just for Laughs just last week with in Toronto with Anthony Jeselnik, mm-hmm. who, if you know his stuff, mm-hmm. like he armors up yeah. his performance. It's, it's, it's a lot. And it's, it's necessary, yeah. I think. Like he's had to evolve this. but And we talked about it. He said that sometimes he'll catch himself slipping into the voice because it's just a little different. It's a little harsher. His accent, like it, it comes up yeah. a bit harder. And he did it a couple of times in conversation when we were getting close to actually talking about the material, and I could just sort of see it happening, and it was really interesting. Yeah. And then he would come back and say, well, I don't want to be that guy all the time. That's exhausting. No one likes him. I, I get to go out and taunt people. And then and it would come up here and there, like these little sniping insults at people in the audience, and even bounced off me a couple of times just because it was easier to get a laugh that way. Mm-hmm. And it was fine, but it was really interesting because he's been doing it long enough that he can turn it on and off. Yeah. But it also... Like it's a muscle. It it you flex it and it you see it. Flex it and and you know I you know you can watch people totally. Their face looks different. Yeah, they're, they're all the spirit, the aura looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. You don't need it. Have that. That was a nice way to say. It. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't need it. Well, um, I mean, yeah, it's it's just being okay with being 
and I, I don't feel like it's intense. I don't feel like it's any. Maybe it was at a certain point mm-hmm. when I was younger, and that's just kind of an age thing you that know, you learn. And it have to how, be, to, right? like how you, to turn things down. That's the difference between raw talent and yeah. and honing something. Yeah, it's and yeah, and Fight Club, even though it was made by someone, I'm just going to keep bringing it back to Tyler Dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, even though it's made by somebody who I think Fincher was already in his 40s when he started, or his late 30s. It doesn't feel like a, a honed... I mean, it is. It's an incredibly polished, sleek commercial. It looks like a car commercial. It does. It needs to. It does. Uh, gorgeous experience. Textured and tactile in exactly yes. the right way. It also feels punk and risky. And that's... And, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's another... Yeah, there's not a... Um, it doesn't have a, a, a weird ageism thing to it. You don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you don't feel like it's a movie for it's for teens or a movie for for people in their fucking for thirty something somethings or forty somethings. You don't feel any of that. You just get immersed in this world that kind of you're like, oh, I I needed some of that grit mm-hmm. in my life because we all need some grit. Can't be sleek all the time. No, it's it's a, this weird exfoliation of the '90s in a weird way. Like it's buffing them out of. It, that's a they great way to say that. That's what I get paid. To do. <laughs> Congratulations. My, yes, took a while. Uh, yeah, my superpower is feeling the movie back at people. That's what I can do. Um, but yeah, it's about looking at all the stuff that the movies in the '90s and the culture and everything mm-hmm. else about America tried to sell people. And it 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 you know the idea of the soap. And mm-hmm. it was literally washing selling it, these washing Selling these off. rich people's fat back to them, I think, yeah. is the actual line. Um, We're close to it. Yes, it is. But, and, and, and I think, again, for me, something extremely relatable was, you know, I, that that punk feel and the, that, you know, some grit and some edge. And um, rap-wise, music-wise, um, yeah. it was coming out of the very shiny suit 90s and I'm like I don't fit in that world I don't I I grew up in Chelsea I grew up in some punk shit like this is I don't understand that but I understand this and I think it was very hard for me to translate to an audience until there was kind of a switch over yeah that's how it works though right I mean you find the thing that works and the cultural moment follows it yeah it's I mean Fight Club I'm still surprised that it's a pre-9-11 movie in a really weird way because mm-hmm. it captures so much about the cynicism that followed. But, of course it does, because it's a reaction to the culture in the same exact way that the cultural shift... Like, 9-11 enabled all that stuff because of Bush being yeah. in charge and immediately militarizing everything and uh, homeland security, and I'm still just... That's where we are now. Yeah. And, and this is what I was trying to think of, is that people who saw Fight Club and didn't get it are Trump supporters now. That feels about right. Yeah, that's that what's feels really about right. right. Like it predicts that. It predicts yeah. that specific... The guy behind me at the screening was getting really amped up and kicking seats. And it's like, this is fucking... This is visionary. <laughs> but it wasn't quite as articulate as that. It was like, this... This is inarticulate. This thing is on the screen and yeah. I like it. And yeah. I don't know why. And I... Like, he was just... He was hulking up behind yeah. me in the seat, and finally he was like kicking my chair. I was like, "Dude, come on!" Turned around, he's like, "What?" And I said, 
do you really want to? This is a movie where you really want to pick a fight over this? Just calm down. I'm like, no, you just want to pick a fight. Yeah. And you don't actually have, there's no end game for you. There's not, you don't have an agenda. Your agenda is pick fight. Yeah. And that's, and that's not the, that's not what this is about. Yeah. But that's what's so fascinating now is seeing people who, you know, they've been living in this world mm-hmm. where it's going to go off at any minute and we need an excuse. Yeah. Not, not a reason. Just an excuse, know. any excuse yeah. to do anything. And, uh, you know, anyone uh, who, uh, who can put the battery in your fucking back to say that's okay and yeah. say it out loud so that you don't have to say it out loud first. And you're like, that's what I was fucking talking about. Yeah. That's it's scary. It really is. And what, what amazes me is that, the, well, the, Trump has this rhetorical device. You know, a lot of people are saying, many people are saying, people are saying, people everybody's are saying. People are saying, everybody's saying. Yeah. But then there's the people who go to his performances and say, he says what I great. want to say. Yeah. Like that, they, they aren't saying it. They're not saying, saying it. it. Them, He's saying it now. Which you just, yeah, he, you framed it beautifully. He is articulating the thing. He is putting it out there yeah. for them because they're afraid to say it. But now that he has said it, they're enabled. Right. Um, I just, like, we went through this with Rob Ford yeah. in Toronto six years ago when this abject racist, sexist pig, just, just a horrible human being, rose up by saying uh, everything he was going to do was for the for the little guy. For the, he, he returned phone calls in his constituencies for 10 years. That's what he did as a city councillor. And people said, well, he'll call you back. Yeah, 3 a.m. when he's fucked up. You know, like he'll call, he yeah. called people back. Drunk. He's like, no, he's definitely going to call you back. And I don't know if you want that phone call. Yeah, but they did he's gonna, because also, he recognized He's going to order you some pizzas. Yeah. Well, he might not say anything. No, he, he had a, well, yeah, no. And but he was fun. That's what Trump is doing. Yeah. He's following the playbook. And it's yeah. just so horrifying to watch this country go through that again because, I mean... Toronto, we're, we're like the we pride ourselves on being the elitists of Canada. You know, like everybody else hates us because we're so awesome. Um, <laughs> Blue Jays are having another good year. Suck it, we're the only game in town. You guys are fantastic. We're having our moment, but uh, but we're watching it happen to Americans. Like there's so many more of you. Aren't you supposed to be smarter than this? Um, right. Yeah, no, no. The answer is no. The answer is apparently no. You know, I you know again think for all of our. Uh, States where we don't have to encounter that every day, there's a large, large portion of America. Um, yeah. You know, and I would have not necessarily have gone to these places had it not been for traveling with music. Sure. Um, yeah, a lot of places I'd never want to drive through again, ever. I, I don't want to. I don't want to not get out of the car. I just want to be. Like, Can we just go around? <laughs> Because I don't... What if I have to pee? What's... Yeah. No, I never want to go back to these places again. It's... I'm... Ugh, I'm not surprised. I'm just sad. I'm just yeah. disappointed. Like, I'm a dual citizen. I voted today. I feel... It's incredibly disheartening. tiny part of it. But for the future. Yeah. That's um, basically what I was afraid of. Yeah. And... Because even if Trump loses, which he almost certainly will, because he doesn't have the numbers, this has been unleashed, and now it's Okay. Like it's okay to. Oh, there was a woman in. Yeah, there's 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 a a, a horrible uh, racist portal that's been opened mm-hmm. that can't be closed, and a lot of things are, you know, deemed all right to say or type. Yeah. Um, or even, you know, just 
casually saying you're like, wow, I feel like we we're to do oh we're shit we're doing blatant racism again. Yeah, that's God. Cool. All right. No, I thought y'all were just gonna internalize that shit. <laughs> and then, you know, well now well, it's we a, weren't now there, it's a tumor now, and it's, now it's okay. It's starting to stick cool. out. Cool. It's. I mean, I. I. I assume. I. Th- I'm pretty sure it started when Obama was elected because that was like that was the first it real did. crack, but it wasn't until Trump took the birther thing and really ran with it that he legitimized it because he was yeah. a TV star, yeah, and it brought it out of the conspiracy websites and the corners and just uh, climbed out of his little shadowy dark yeah. fucking corner. It's just, it's so... I like to think that when he climbs out of his corner, he climbs, like, up the wall. (laughs) (laughs) And then around. I I wouldn't put it... I mean, he's... It might explain why his hair does that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out, there's got to be a reason for this. Oh, yeah, like the old woman in The Exorcist 3. He's just waiting for his chance with the shears. (laughs) He's going to cut the head off democracy. But even, like, the Central Park 5 thing came up again today. Somebody was Mm -hmm. pointing it out. It's like, that's right. If he'd had his way, five innocent people would be dead just because he was pretty sure. Yeah. And, like... He's been a destructive force all along. It's just that he's all his life. He's been a destructive force all of his fucking life. Like there's, there's no good that that comes out of that. Yeah. Um, And I just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's almost over, but it's not over. It's not. It's 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 not. You know, it's not. You know, he's definitely not one of these. It's it's just gonna go away. Yeah. You have to you have to treat that wound. Yeah. You gotta do something. You do have to cauterize that wound. I would like to um, also discuss single frame. Yeah, Um, which which also changed a lot of things for me. mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to do that. Um, So I did. I did a a video called Kill Screen, Mm. Um, and. Let me tell you, when in your mind you're like, I want to do this single frame editing, it sounds like a really, really good idea. Um, Until you actually do single frame editing. And uh, so I shot the video myself and um, uh, edited it myself because I I was like, well, no one else, I can't explain how to do this. Um, And again, definitely a nod to Fight Club, but also um, uh, non-linear stories as it, you know, starts to tell the story of this assassin and then those those stories continue on in, in later albums that are all out of order and you kind of have to piece the puzzle together. Um, and when would this have been? Like, roughly what year? Uh, Kill Screen? 2003? No. Later? Way later. Yeah. It took me a, a very long time to come back to um, the idea for that kill screen was only a few years ago. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I think there's 20 of them. Um, so, you know, telling the story of this assassin and I'm, I'm locked in this room, but you don't know really what's going on and kind of, it looks like these guys have come to get me mm-hmm. and you assume that they've got me in there and you see someone... Um, but then you never see them afterwards, and then I end up getting out by myself, and it's all kind of done very comic book style, um, but also with those, you you have to be able to pause on the frames 
and one of the frames is just a link to another video within the video. Uh, but it was it definitely came out of watching that and being like, what a brilliant idea. I don't want to knock that off. It totally makes sense to do something else. And I never got to do... Uh, there was a song I did on the Genius album that I did with uh, Night Wonder. And I specifically wrote the song to be the exact length of the fight in the office. Okay. Um, from start to finish, exactly. And I'm like, I think I was on, I, yeah, I just signed to Warner. And uh, I was like, all right, so this is what I want to do for the video. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna do just that. flatly no no we're trying to like no <laughs> no no you cannot beat the shit out of yourself for three minutes and I was like I feel like it would be a really great idea it kinda would come on you guys and then uh tried to get the video done ourselves and we were just doing too much but uh I remember god you'd have to have fight choreography yeah it'd be, it wouldn't be really complicated but not no. possible I, I think they were just not down and and again it was also the idea of like I I can't be on you know a label I can't do anything because I I feel like I need to beat myself up in some videos I feel like things need to be really bloody I'm fine with things being really bloody um, and I'm pretty sure that they are uncomfortable with marketing their uh, new female rap artist with ultraviolence but if you're doing it like it's so weird that the and that that was I was like well it's not like someone else is hitting me yeah and if you're clearly if, if it's not even ambiguous about it but if if you're the one who's driving it creatively I just I, again we come back to what is it's it's they're they're trying to outthink their audience and figure out what right. to steer away from and I'm like I, yeah I get it I'm like but you know think of all the people who actually do get it and for my market that definitely works mm-hmm. um, well, plus the and then you know kind of so it, I just waited years to do kill screen and it was fine but it was complicated it was very complicated <laughs> it was very complicated um, I think yeah kill screen is actually the reason that Hodgman and I became friends and uh, he had seen it on Twitter and he was like what what the fuck is this shit? this is amazing and I was like oh thanks hey nice which, which is, yeah, and, you know, being subversive in, in, in any way just just makes me happy. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, I get what you did there, but I, I still fucking appreciate it. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's it's great to see it, beca- it was great to see it become understood yeah. over time, because it, you know, it tanked, well, it didn't tank, but it didn't do really it, well. No, it didn't do well. And it struggled, and then I think it was one of the first serious DVD special editions that 20th Century Fox yep. ever produced. Certainly it had the, the original packaging was very different from a, a case and they were really proud of it. I was covering home video at the time and I remember getting an early heads up and they sent us the check discs in the packaging and they said, there's cool stuff on the DVD but actually play with the box. Like, really there's there's a lot is. going on yeah. there. And, and, and again, very much you know like all aspects of the film of going back in and being like, You're there's a lot of stuff you're missing. Yeah. You could watch this for a long time. Yeah. It's the termite art that Manny Farber talked about where you yeah. just you there's stuff going on underneath stuff it. Stuff going and on it's underneath, in the beams underneath and the bones. Yeah. 
And I, I, um, I really understand uh, making art like that, or whether it's music or writing or whatever it is. There's just, yeah, put put some levels in your shit. Yeah. I mean, I need I need some levels to my shit. Yeah. Um, oh, I also forgot that it was a great way for me to figure out to stop dating someone immediately. <laughs> Um, but if they, sorry, no, you you explain this one. I don't even want to put words in here. <laughs> you know the the acid burn scene is basically nothing else, but uh, he actually says, "Why are you doing this to me?" Mm-hmm. And the rest of the scene is he's dragging his hand across the table. He's ex- he explains. Exactly the fuck why. Like, you could not get more in-depth than that. Um, So the scene is happening, and I'm sitting there, and uh, I... No no joke. Like, as soon as he dropped on the floor and he's holding his arm, and this dude was like, why did he just do that to him? And I was like, you have to leave. (laughs) You have to get up and leave right now. That's it. There's just no potential connection. We have no... There's no future here. It wasn't like we got to the movie at the same... Like, at different times where you were in the bathroom. And um, as many things are not explained in Fight Club, the one scene where he's like, this is fucking exactly why this is happening right here. You didn't get that. Okay. Yeah. You almost kind of want to send him to the Wikipedia page afterwards. Like a few weeks later, just email it just in case there's a chance. I am, and I, and I, no, 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 I am that person. I am that person. (laughs) To send an entire package and then possibly a singing telegram explaining (laughs) the entire scene again. (laughs) Be like, did you get it now? Did you get it? Was that it? You can't let that stuff go. People need to be helped. Yeah, so that, that helped me. (laughs) Because I might, I might not have known until later. I needed to know that he was an idiot. <laughs> so thank you, Fight Club. It's funny. <laughs> and the woman I married, the first movie we saw together was uh, Panic Room. It was a Fincher film. How did it go? It was good. It was good. We'd been dating for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was... That's a, that's, a, that's a good, heavy two-week yeah. film. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, let's see how this shit goes. I was, yeah. She was interested, and I was like, well... In the movie, I mean. Um, and... I was like, well, I, I, it's a press screening. Come see it with me. And it was a, like a public 7 p.m. sneak mm-hmm. the week before it opened. And we saw it, and it was really, it's pretty good. It's not his best work, but it's fun and involving. Mm-hmm. And it's got all that weird camera shit that he just, he was so invested in. And now he's gone the other way, and everything's so calm and serene. Some, sometimes, you know, you're just at that point. Yeah. I'm the, like, I'm about to do all this. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Mm. I'm, I'm done. We're not now, doing that anymore. Yeah, because now the idea of a David Fincher date movie is Gone Girl mm-hmm. or The Social Network. And it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, really? You're going to just watch people be horrible to each That's other? It. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. But Panic Room was, you know, it's a straight thriller. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not, um, I think, wasn't it supposed to be his comeback after Fight Club? Because it was a commercial picture that he made right away. I feel I don't like think it. there was anything between the two. Oh, shit. I want to see that in the fucking theater. Mm. That made sense. Yeah. And it was just good. It was just craftsman work. It was, it was really good. solid. Good performances. Um, Jared Leto's in it. 
He's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's rearview mirror stuff. I, I feel like that's every chat, uh, you know. But, you know, hey, if, if you want to watch something beautiful be destroyed, yeah. you, you watch Fight Club. Yeah. And you in case you, you feel like you're in a, a place. Yeah. So the, the final question on the podcast is always also the same, which is, and you've more or less answered it, actually, which mm. is happening more and more often these days. I think I'm leading people somehow. But what of Fight Club is in your creative DNA? What did, what did you take from it? And it sounds like you've been using it all along. I've, yeah, I've, I've, um, I've been using it for a very long time. I think um, that right now in my life, I get how to really use it. Um and really, really coming all the way and being like, no, 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 I'm literally starting a group in a basement. <laughs> um, okay, so we're we're really doing this. Um, and will there be homework things similar to Project Mayhem? At a point. At a point. Do you have a name for it? Uh. Yeah, it's called the Church of the Infinite You. Nice. That actually lines up and with the, your stuff um, really well. The uh, our lo- uh, logo is the uh, infinity symbol with the heart, and um, it's save yourself. It's not. I'm not here to save you. No one else. Don't give your power away to anything else. It's about you know you coming here not to 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 listen to me or to be like i'm you know following what jeans has to do it's to find your own um savior and your superpower within in order to be great but no acid no vinegar i don't know not yet not sh- not, you gotta you start know. slow you gotta yeah start no slow. you can't like acid on the first day <laughs> that's <laughs> i mean you can but no one comes back yeah Oh, or if someone comes back, you got to turn them away. Okay, good point. Because they're the loose cannon. That's your Robert Paulson. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> good. Okay, so it sounds like you have a good... Damn it, Bob. You're establishing a baseline. Mm-hmm. No acid burns the first day. Um, third, third week. Mm. Third week, face acid burns. <laughs> Just full on. So face you, are ma- you are making Jared Leto jokers then. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you can have uh, Jared so Jared Leto many. will actually be there. Um, actually, for our fourth week, we will just be beating the shit out of Jared Leto, which I feel, you know, would kind of be good for everyone. I, we've reached a point where, yeah. I mean, I just, uh, again, I've never met him and I'm sure he's a human being, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Wonder, like the whole thing about Suicide Squad where he was shot in Toronto and so the yeah. story was that he was mailing people used condoms and things, which they immediately walked back. Oh, you didn't hear about this. His no. joke, his joke, just no. Google this horrifying forward combination, Jared Leto Joker research. He, yeah. Viola Davis is quoted as saying it never happened to her because she wouldn't have put up with it. You guys, I'm just holding my head in disgust. I just want you to know that. Right I think now. that'll come through on the audio. Okay. People can hear uh, it. That's the sound of that. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, I, you know, I get it. I was young once, but you don't have to do that. It's the Olivia thing, right? Like, don't you don't. Just you, don't. you don't. Yeah. And also... I think you're probably right. 
there is, uh, it was announced yesterday that there will be an extended edition of Suicide Squad. They previously, David Ayer said there wasn't going to be one. They've added 13 more minutes. And I really, honestly hope, truly hope, that okay. none of them are Jared Leto. <laughs> that's my... That's, that's fair. Yeah, right? That's, that's all I want. Okay, here's, here's a terrible... Um, replace... Brad Pitt. In Fight Club? In Fight Club. Jared Leto. How do you feel about that? I want to say that 1999 Jared Leto probably could have been interesting. He wouldn't have been as... Dynamic. Yeah, as self-aware. This is the great thing about Brad Pitt. Jeez. We didn't even... We haven't even talked about the acting. We didn't get to the... Ridiculous fucking chops on everyone. I want to. My theory um, is that the first time Jack sees Tyler, he's actually seeing Brad Pitt in an airport. That's the real Brad Pitt. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. And he and 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 he took that, and he was like this guy. Yeah, I think there's a previous flash. There is. There is one. But Um, it's all the uh, the uh, in the the uh, photocopy uh, room, right? The first time he appears. Copy of a copy of a copy? Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to take that. That's okay, because we're still seeing it all through through, um, the narrator's perspective. I I want to believe that David Fincher first met Brad Pitt and he was dressed like that. Because... I want to believe that just for my life to be okay. Yeah. I want to believe that that Tyler Jordan existed somewhere. And he was like, yeah, we're this. We're going to go with this fucking look right here. You had a bathrobe. (laughs) <laughs> you, had a, you had a dirty bathroom. Yeah. And Pitt was... That you could look amazing in. Fearless at that point it in his was, career. Like, just doing... I mean, okay, there's seven years in Tibet, but I think that was just accent work. But I, I was on that the... Was, that was a job that needs needs to happen. Yeah. When, was, when was Snatch? Uh, the following year, 2000. Yeah. Oof. But I'm thinking, like, I was here. I was in New York in 95 for 12 Monkeys for the press jump kit. Oh, shit. Everybody forgets, right? Oh, so... Okay. Fuck. Yeah, a lot of my time traveling assassin stuff definitely mm-hmm. um, based on twelve monkeys and when you uh, mentioned told out of sequence, my first thought is always mm-hmm. legete or something like that. And the idea of um, so if you happen to see New Yorkers any um, posters or. Things under things that may be ripped off. Um, the idea of uh, yeah, do, doing non-linear things and and starting this church, so it, you know, sort of looks like it's coming from the past or the future, and right. you can't really figure it out. Cool. Oh crap! Maybe I just really like Brad Pitt. Well, I mean, he's he's been in some really good. Yeah, he's. He was. We didn't meet on the on the, in the '95 junket. He was supposed to be there and he couldn't make it for whatever reason. He couldn't even so get out sorry. of Los Angeles. I know because he would have talked then. Like yeah. he would have been unprotected. Well, not unprotected. There was a machinery already, but yeah. he would have absolutely been willing to discuss stuff now in a way that then in a way that he probably isn't now um, or able to now because there's so many yeah. like NDAs and, yeah. and phalanxes of publicists surrounding them, but. His stuff in the nineties, like he was, he was a wild very card. special energy. 
Yeah, Thelma and Louise to 12 Monkeys to Fight Club is a logical evolution. Yeah. And a really interesting artistic one. I just, I think just because he's pretty, he's not taken yeah. seriously. And I think, yeah, I, 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 I enjoy it when, uh, when you get to see pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and, to, 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 and, and, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to let that, you know, kind of be a joke when, you know, actors are like, well, I, I'm not, I'm too pretty to get those kind of roles. And then to just be like, no, I, no, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You have no, to be willing gonna, to take them and I'm chase gonna them. I'm going to fucking go for it. Yeah, and Gilliam said that, because that's why I did The Junkie, was to meet Terry Gilliam. I, I came out here Very for, nice. like, great, I went in dreading it because Gilliam had been struggling, and this, why remake La Jetée, what was the point? And then you see it, it's like, oh, of course, all of these people had to do this thing. It was, it was great. And everybody was talking about Pitt, because he was absent. Mm-hmm. But they were just saying, like, they were in awe of him. Bruce Willis says that he couldn't look at him half the time, because the eye thing freaked him out. The eye thing was, um... Yeah, yeah. And the stuttering, or the, the kind of that halting delivery he did, it leads to... It's unsettling. It was, it was very unsettling. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, something else that I, I really, really enjoy is um, making people uncomfortable to make them comfortable. Yeah. And it's okay that things have to be fucking unsettling to get the point across. And I'm I'm not all right with, you know, having to deliver things in a in a more calm way. Like you can you can just say what the fuck it is and possibly that's jarring, but only because we fucking need to get to it. Yeah. No, it's the you can it's what Fight Club doesn't do. You mm-hmm. can take a prescribed path and follow the thing that everyone else does because it's easier that way. And it's the path of least resistance and it's the way that you make $200 million. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and you don't get, like, well, it's Fincher and it's another Fincher and Pitt thing. It's yeah. seven. You know, you know the famous story. Yeah. About the head in the, like 20 years from now, people are going to be talking about seeing that movie in, on TV with the head in the box. And this is made by people who want only to make movies with heads in boxes. And even though this has a happy ending, kind of. <laughs> yeah, still head in a box. Yeah. It's, so there was a still head in a box. It is so, uh, it's such a great, weird choice. I'm so glad you picked it because it really, it's, I'm, I'm worried that it's in danger of being not forgotten, but misunderstood again. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we've actually gotten, like in, in, a, in a weird I think misunderstanding follows uh, clothing trends mm-hmm. cycles, like every twenty years. The economy just, goes. <laughs> how does it work? The economy goes down, and the headlines, the headlines go up. Yeah, that was the old rule. And um, and all the, the you know twenty years ago fashioner are back in fashion. So yeah. all, all the nineties things are back. I was there the but first they're time not we did back. Oh, Jesus, do you know Jenko jeans are back? Is that Jesus the high waisted thing? No, no, those are the giant jeans. Like um, oh, like. Like ra- like rave pants, but like bigger. K Y. <laughs> Be- because it's the nineties yeah, now. Because Full House reruns are because right. Fuller House is back. Um. So all nineties fashion is back. All of those things are back, and it's it's hard to kind of have to explain that and and. Be like, I don't want to relive this, and you're reliving it incorrectly. Yeah. Because I also think we're at a point where um, 
not respecting things that happened in the past are happening now. And that wasn't necessarily a thing in the 90s. Yeah. Um, nostalgia was different then. It was. I'm nostalgic for nostalgia. I'm, oh, Christ. Oh, but, damn it. Well, it's like, have you seen Stranger Things, the, the Netflix series? Yeah. It's pleasurable. It's lovely. I like it, but it doesn't, I don't think it transcends its source material. I mean, I mm-hmm. think it is, if you've read the King novels that it's riffing yeah. on, it can only go one way, and it does that. And I didn't mind it. I enjoyed watching it, but I'm stunned by people who, like. and the more I hear about it, it's people who weren't there the first time. That's and, like, and that's what happens. I'm like, oh, you didn't get to actually yeah. see the thing. And, and, and they did it, and they did it well, and I enjoyed it. But I was also there for the original thing, right. and I know that it's not the thing. Yeah, it's the difference between people who were there as adults and the people who were there, or, yeah. or teenagers even, and, yeah. or the people and the people who watched it on cable years later and are just doing it again. Like the there was a moment, uh, there's that moment where we first see Eleven in the Upside Down, and they rip off Under the Skin. Yeah, and you didn't have to do that. You could have done something different. Uh, yeah, there's a there's you know a lot of those interesting choices, and I I think I'm like listen. Even if you would just like the opening credits and the, the they're on bikes, they're kids. It's great. The font, you yep. got it. You could have just started a whole new thing. Yeah. Same setting, but you guys are old enough to know that there were other ways to do that. Yeah. They're making comfort food. It's good. It's good. It is good. It's it's you know, it's it's comfort food. It's frozen comfort food. Yeah. Yeah, um, I can reheat it. As, yeah, it's exactly. Good. As soon it's as nice. yeah, as soon as it's reheated, it's, though, nice. it's, it's nice. reheated. Um, the other game I play is who would remake the thing? Like not the actors. Who would you cast in a remake? That's a different and fun question. But like, who would be dumb enough to try to remake Fight Club? It's like Jaws. You the guy who, touch who it. just did Mr. Robot. That's true. He just did it's, it. I. It's yeah. It's, no, it just fucking happened. Yeah. Good point. Who would you cast them in a proper fight club remake? Like, who could do it now? Channing Tatum. I want to see Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. He'd be great. <laughs> um, but he should play Jack. He should play the narrator. Shit. I mean, actually, now that I say that, I want it to be Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Now I want it to be Tom Hardy. I don't know that he could do the comic. Oh, yes, he could. He can yeah. do it. Yeah, he could do that. He's Tom Hardy's crazy <laughs> is one of my favorite things in this world. Yeah. And it's a very it's a very uh, soothing yet really fucked up crazy. I think Tom Hardy's the only person right now that if I see something I'm like, "Oh, Tom Hardy's in it." Yeah, no, I'll go. Um, cuz I just want to I just want to see how he approaches it. Yeah. And I'm just always interested in his approach. Yeah. He's he's always very enjoyable to watch. He is. We've never met, but I want to so badly just because Gosh. I want to meet him with my dog. Have you seen the like the thing of him with dogs? He has. I don't know. He has at least. See, I, I stay away from the Tom Hardy personal thing. I, I don't even feel away. I just want to see him act. Just, just. Give yourself an hour and look at Tom okay. Hardy with dogs. Cause, cause <laughs> I hope it's just a Tumblr. It kind of like, Tom there's Hardy like 20 dogs. of them, yeah. But that's, I mean, just Google Tom Hardy dogs. Like he, he, um, there's a photograph of him with the do- with the puppy from the drop. Mm-hmm. One of two. They had two puppies, but he he kept them with him the whole shoot. 
uh, and there's this one shot of him just holding the dog because it's clearly cold. He's, he's zipped the dog into his jacket and it's licking his chin and he is unconsciously licking downwards just to sort of lick it back and it's just the most human thing. That's just fucking adorable. That's what he should, like, you know, put a, ch- put a person with animals and you can see who they really are and he just clearly, he's potty about dogs and he's just great. And oh, yeah, I can see Damn it, Tom Hardy. Damn you. Okay, so Hardy and Channing uh, Tatum. I'm not, no. That's just too much, that's too much shoulders. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of pasty shoulders. Fight Club 2, too we, much we need, we need smaller. So who... Who would you cast as the narrator if you're using Hardy as Durden? Because this could be fascinating. I would want. I'm trying to think of Marla. It could Emma Stone could do it. Maybe she'd have to dye her hair. I'm not mad. But I'd at watch that. that. I'm not mad at that. Um. Well, because she's young enough to. Yeah. I was trying to think of who else could maybe do it. Um, I'm not mad at that. And for Jack. I still like Jonah Hill. I still think that could be fun. Because he can do angry, too. You could sell... No, I've, I've Like, you I've, could sell I've both sides, it. right? You could sell the angry side of, of Jack. The, I the think that would... One. That'd be a crazy-looking matchup. And also a great-looking matchup. Mm-hmm. Also, congratulations to Jonah Hill on doing more shit. Yeah. I got to talk to him about War Dogs when, it came, when he came through, and he was being really weirdly... Like, he wasn't taking he wasn't taking responsibility for his choices in a way that I found really interesting and it mm. sounds like I'm like accusing him of something but what I was trying to talk to him about was how somehow he's become the guy that you trust with all the exposition to yeah. make it interesting to make it fun you know like Moneyball Wolf of Wall Street War Dogs just these giant reams of data that he has yeah. to deal with and he can make it interesting and you learn and you listen and you pay attention it's like oh I just take the role you know like I just make the movies I don't really think about that stuff it's like yeah, but you choose yeah, to take the roles. You're, maybe you're, you're, you're consciously making these. It's yeah. okay to say. Are you drawn yes. to it? or Maybe he's, maybe he's fucking not. Yeah. Maybe he's fucking not. Okay, take it back, Jonah Hill. Never mind. No, he can still be. <laughs> Just because he's flawed, it doesn't make him less interesting. I don't know. But I, I feel like he's busy now. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> we cast Jared mm. Lugo to get his revenge. <sighs> All right. Oh, I need a, I need a good Marla singer. You're not suggesting Jared Leto play Marlos. Yeah. Because <laughs> we can't have that. I mean, there are some lines that shouldn't be cast. <laughs> My thanks to Jean Grey, who starts services at the Church of the Infinite You on Sunday, October 30th. You can find out all about it if you follow her on Twitter at Jean Greasy, all one word. And you can buy Jean's music at her Bandcamp page, jeangray.bandcamp.com. You can find Fight Club on DVD and Blu-ray from 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment and for sale and rental on iTunes. It's also on Google Play in Canada, apparently not in the U.S. right now. It remains one of the most important movies of the last 20 years. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner and elsewhere on the internet at NowToronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at SomeoneElsesMovie.com. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, that would be very kind of you. This week's call sign is... Now let's just go with Never Trump. Thanks for listening. I'm afraid you just too darn loud.